Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, everybody. Hope you are having a good day as we uh, continue the week right here on Listen App. I don't know about you, but man, thank goodness for the Open Championship. It starts in two days at St. Andrews. I'm not in the NBA Summer League. I did a rant on this today. I mean, how about the Orlando Magic shutting down Paulo Bancaro uh, after two games? All right. I mean, incredible. But of course, you always have LeBron James who, you know, once again uh, picks and chooses who he's going to support, when he's going to support them, and now he's getting involved in world politics, right? Talking about uh, Brittany Griner, who is in a Russia jail, quote, now how can she feel like America has her back. He was on a show called The Shop Uninterrupted. I guess it airs on YouTube. Quote, I would be feeling like, do I even want to go back to America? Griner, if you remember, was arrested in Moscow in February, all right, after allegedly carrying vape pen cartridges containing hash oil in a bag that belonged to her. Last week, if you remember, Griner pleaded guilty to drug possession and is supposed to appear in court later this week. Now, back in, I want to say it was either late May or early June, I think it was early June, the U.S. State Department classified Griner's situation as a wrongful detention, all right? I don't quite understand how it's a wrongful detention, but, you know, again, I'm not an attorney, and I'm certainly not in the United States Department of Justice, all right? I'll get into that in a moment. Um, I don't know. You know, the coach of the Phoenix Mercury, who Griner played for, Vanessa Nygaard, a week ago said if it was LeBron, he'd be home, right? It's a statement about the value of women. It's a statement about the value of a black person. It's a statement about the value of a gay person. All of those things, we know it. 
And so that's what hurts a little more. You know, you can't do anything in the world now without it being about race, right? Yeah, so of course it's about race. Yep. It's about her homosexuality. Yep. You know, so easy to pick on. It's unbelievable. Amazing. Here's what I would say, all right? I'm not qualified to talk about what is a wrongful detention or not. I'm not. You know, I'm not an expert on international law, okay? Here's what I do know. And I am one that has traveled and been blessed to travel around the world, okay? When you leave the United States of America and you enter another country, it really doesn't matter that you're an American, all right, with all of the rights that are afforded us here in this country. Also, our laws here in this country cease to exist when you enter another country. You now abide by that country's laws, regardless of how you feel about their laws. If you don't like their laws, then don't go. And again, I don't know what Brittany Griner was carrying in her bag or not, but I will say this, okay? If you are going to travel abroad and you are going to carry an illegal narcotic, okay? And again, I don't know if she did or not. I'm just saying, if you are going to be trying to take across the border an illegal narcotic, regardless of the quantity, then you are making a grave mistake. Now, I'm not saying that you should be thrown in jail and the key, you know, flushed down the toilet. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is, if you are going to travel abroad and you are going to have in your possession an illegal narcotic, which is alleged here, then you have to face the consequences of the laws of that country. Now, we all know about the political aspect of what is going on in terms of an eye for an eye, all right? Russia detains an American, and eventually they will swap that quote-unquote detainee for a detainee in the United States. That's how it works, okay? Now, I don't know when that's going to occur, but that's how these things work. But for LeBron James to say, now how how can you feel like America has her back? I would be feeling like, do I even want to go back to America? How about that comment, huh? How about that comment? You know, how come nobody in the media wants to just come out and say, why was Brittany Griner stupid enough to take an illegal narcotic across the border into Moscow? How come that's not ever discussed? Right? And again, I'm not stating that that means life imprisonment. All right, that's not what I'm saying. Have you ever watched the program on Nat Geo called up Locked Up Abroad? Have you ever seen Locked Up Abroad? Have you ever seen that show? What happens to people that break the law, particularly in taking narcotics 
across the border. Now, in all fairness, that show deals with people that have larger quantities of illegal narcotics crossing the border. But my point is, if you were going to leave the United States and you're going to travel abroad, it doesn't really matter that you're an American. All right. It doesn't matter what the laws are here. You now play by their rules, by their laws. And again, I'm not stating that you should be thrown in jail for the rest of your life because you allegedly went in to the country with a vape pen cartridge containing hashish oil. What I am saying is if you did it knowingly and you thought, oh, no big deal, I'm just going to take a couple of illegal narcotics, then you know what? You are foolish. Okay? You're foolish. Especially into a country like Russia or China, and there are others that I can list. Period. But the fact that Brittany is black, gay, and female, now all of a sudden it's America's fault, as her coach Vanessa Nygaard pointed out, saying it's a statement about the value of women, it's a statement about the value of a black person. Hmm, that's funny. I don't know. Maybe I'm living in a cave. Maybe I'm living on Mars. Maybe I'm living in a, in a world that doesn't exist. But maybe somebody should tell Vanessa Nygaard, okay, who the vice president of the United States is, if you want to really get into politics, okay? How about that? It's a statement about the value of women. It's a statement about the value of a black person. It's a statement about the value of a gay person. All of those things, we know it. And so that's what hurts a little more. Maybe somebody should ask Vanessa Nygaard if she's familiar who the, pre who the vice president of the United States is. Just saying. I, I, I don't know. If it's a statement about the value of women, maybe somebody might want to take Vanessa Nygaard to the White House and personally introduce her to the vice president of the United States. Okay, just thought I would throw that out there while we're having this discussion on the value of women and particularly a black woman. You know, we could start right there. Again, we talk about the hypocrisy and the joke. Nobody in the media wants to ask, what the hell was Brittany Griner thinking about trying to take an illegal narcotic into Moscow? Like, how stupid can you be? How, can, how Let's just deal with that for a moment. Then we'll deal with her, quote, unquote, wrongful detention. I don't know if it's wrongful or not. I, I don't know. I know one thing. If I'm taking an illegal narcotic, allegedly, into a foreign country, such as Russia, and I'm arrested for it, personally, I, I, I don't know, I, I wouldn't personally call that a wrongful detention. But again, I'm not an expert in international law. I'm not even a novice in international law. I am an expert when it comes to common sense. Okay? I'm an expert when it comes to traveling and common sense. Common sense tells me, do not take an illegal narcotic across any border in the world. Period. Don't do it. And you know what? If you don't take an illegal narcotic across the border, allegedly, then you don't have to worry about being detained, okay? 
How's that for you? But no, let's not talk about that. It's a joke. And again, I'm not saying she should be thrown in jail and have her rights taken away, even though she's in Moscow. And I get the fact that when you're an American and you're detained in a country like Russia, you're going to be swapped for a prisoner in America. I get it. I get it. But can we at least stop, you know, pretending that she did absolutely nothing wrong? Can we stop that already, please? Please. All right, let's get to some phone calls. Just hit the hand icon. I'll put you right on. Hello, Eli. How are you today? Hey, Grant. Good. How are you doing? I'm good, buddy. Hey, so I um I partially agree and partially disagree with you. I think certainly it's um not very smart, to say the least, to bring an illegal substance into another country. However, I do think that this is most likely a case of just, you know, an international politics case of them trying to use a prisoner as leverage against us. And I don't even know that it's been proven that she's been carrying anything illegal necessarily. And further even looking into it, what they're alleging is she's bringing in some oil. So that could be potentially as mild as CBD oil, which most people probably don't even assume something that mild is even illegal. So even if you can prove that she was carrying that, which has not been proven, I don't think a reasonable person would expect something like that would get you in a prison sentence, even in Russia. In fact, I'd bet that they don't arrest their citizens for something that mild. I think it's 100 percent a political case for to use for international for leverage against us because of our sanctions against them. Well, I don't think there's any doubt that it's a political move by Russia and what they want. And you know it and I know it she will eventually be released and she will be exchanged for a individual or individuals that are being detained in America, right? I mean, that's how this game works. And it really is a big time game. But again, I don't know what she did or did not do. All I'm saying is if she did indeed take an illegal narcotic across the border, then she's stupid for doing that. All right. You just, you know, you got to, when you're traveling outside the United States, you know, don't try to take something that's an illegal narcotic or an illegal substance, but you're right. I, I don't know what she had or didn't have any more than you do. Right. Yeah. What, what's even alleged that she had and would a reasonable person assume that that's even an illegal substance? I mean, it's like a painkiller in California. You can just get that on, over the counter. So I don't know. I, we don't yeah, know. Exactly but, what but, it is. But, but, and, and you're right. And that's where we where we should stop. OK, what you can get in California or what you can get in New York doesn't apply to what you can and cannot do overseas. And I know it's a, it's a weird way of thinking. But I've, again, I've, I've been fortunate enough to travel to a lot of different countries around the world and their laws and some of their uh, regulations. You just go, oh, my God, I can't believe that. But as weird and well, not as weird as uh, difficult as that may be to comprehend, you still are playing by their rules and their laws, regardless of how you feel about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. I I get that. I'm just saying that some people might even think that this is as mild as Tylenol or something. You know, I, I can see why people would make that mistake is all I'm saying. And yeah. And, and again, no- and, and but but I do think it's uh, unfortunate that her coach, Vanessa Nygaard, now wants to turn it into race, uh, homosexuality yeah. and the color of someone's or excuse me, uh, and the uh, uh, let's see, black women gay again you know again i'm just going to point to the vice president of the united states all right i mean you know she said that uh you know it's a statement about the value of a black person 
It's a statement about the value of a gay person. You know, it's a statement about the value of a woman. You know, it's a bunch of nonsense. You know, shut up, would you please? Has nothing to do with that. Yeah, I, I mostly agree with you on that. I think um, for the problems that we have in the United States, as far as um, race and gender, the certainly the problems in Russia are hundreds of times worse in that regard in terms of how they treat minorities. Yes. So that's definitely something worth keeping perspective that people don't do. And then the other thing that I noticed in her statement is that she said uh, that, you know, if it was LeBron, there'd be no doubt that he would be back home. But then she also said it speaks to the value of black lives, which seems like a contradiction to me, because then why would LeBron using that logic be sent back home? You know what I mean? <laughs> that didn't make sense to me. It's stupid. Again, people that people should shut up before they speak. All right. If you want to come out in defense of Griner, come on out. That's great. Be speaking defense of her. But, you know, shut up. All right. Don't be making asinine statements like like the coach did. That's embarrassing. It's what it is. It's embarrassing. Yeah, I, I pretty much mostly agree with that. It, it was not uh, a very good statement on her part. So. Hey, Eli, good hearing from you. All right. Have a great rest of the day. Thanks very much. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Grant. All right. Let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here on listen up hit that hand icon and we'll put you right on jeff good afternoon jeff how are you what's up man can you hear me okay yes jeff i sure can thank you beautiful how you doing i'm good how are you i'm great man i'm great just uh doing some honeydews before the wife gets home um there you go i know i'm not gonna be able to make it to open forum wednesday so i wanted to tell a quick story i had uh, messaged you a week or so ago um i have a story with Paul Westfall. It was right after he got low, let go, yeah, let go yes. from the, the Kings and me and my family were in Southern California and they wanted to go to this rich, richy part, this like mall where all like a lot of celebrities shop. And cause they wanted to see the housewives or whatever. And I was like, well, you're dragging me there. I don't want to, I just want to drink a beer on the beach, you know? So I'm walk, walking around <laughs> right. and uh, they see no housewives, but who do I see? I'm like, holy crap, that's Paul Westfall. So they're they're in one of the stores, and he's pushing a stroller with his grandson or granddaughter in it. And I'm like, they're in the store. I'm just standing outside. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go say hi. So I go up to him, and I'm like, hey, I'm sorry to bother you, um, but I'm from Sacramento. Huge fan. I thought you did a great job, um, you know, back and forth. And he gave me a hug and talked to me for about 15 minutes. And was so gracious and so sweet and so nice. And so I went, my family came out and we're walking around and we ran back into him and his family. And he stopped again and told his family, you know, these guys from Sacramento and, uh, you know, they were fans when I was coaching there and all, just very, very, very down to earth and, and very sweet. And I'll never forget that. So that's Paul for you in a nutshell. I mean, that's why, you know, I can't understand anyone. Uh, that would treat Paul Westfall the way DeMarcus Cousins did. It was uh, disgraceful. Oh, it was, a, no, really. Um, I know, I, I agree with you. I, I even said, I don't like how, and you might have a different opinion, but I don't, I didn't, I don't like how that he got fired, you know? And uh, the whole issue with Spencer Hawes and DeMarcus Cousins. And and I said, I think you were treated fairly. And he still would not say a bad word about anybody. So, I mean, because he doesn't, he doesn't, nope, he doesn't, he doesn't do me, that. But still, just a very, very kind-hearted man. And, uh, definitely be missed but we both know that or we all know he's in a way better place so jeff appreciate that uh thanks for chiming in uh and i appreciate that story very much take care now 
Thanks, Grant. Take care, man. Thank yep. you. Bye. Yep. Take care. Bye bye. All right. Let's get to uh, some more phone calls here as we get the show rolling right along here with Ryan. Hey, Ryan, how are you today? Doing well. How are you doing, Grant? I'm good. Thank you. So, um, first off, really good podcast today. I, I thought that was really important oh, thank you. about paying it forward. Um, I really enjoyed hearing some of your stories. So uh, thank you so much for that. I do want to talk about Brittany for a second. Eli stole a little bit of my thoughts um, that I was thinking. But, you know, that is a substance that in many states is legal here in America. And I get your point that if you're going overseas, then, you know, you do not take anything like that, especially someplace like Russia. But, you know, I don't want to speculate. It's ignorance. I don't know about you. You travel a hell of a lot more than I do. But, you know, I check my bag every time that, you know, I travel somewhere, especially if it's going to be out of the country, which isn't too often. But, you know, there could be a possibility that she had it in her bag if she uses it all the time. I mean, there's two possibilities or three. You're either an idiot like you talked about. Two it was in the bag and she didn't realize it or three, she needs it. And, you know, it was that much more important to her to take that risk. Well, if she needs it, and again, I'm, I'm just stating this. If she needs it, then she could have, and again, I I don't even know if you can get, I I know nothing about drugs. Okay. And I'm just being, I've never done drugs. I'm, I'm probably the least, uh, I, I'm the I'm the wrong person to be talking about anything to do with drugs. But if she needs it, she could have gotten a prescription, and then it can become legal. Even if you're going into a country like Russia, if it is medically prescribed. Now, even that you need to check before you go. But so let's put that on the back burner. The first two, yeah, you're right. She could have taken it all the time. She could have been doing it uh, legally in America, not thought anything of it, had it in her bag, and just went over and didn't even think about it. That's possible too. It is possible that that is a scenario. Um, Again, she did plead guilty last week. Now I'm sure that's all part of the game, you know, plead guilty, you know, let's, you know, you need to be publicly humiliated and then Russia will send you back to the United States in exchange for another individual. So I'm sure it's all part of the game that's going on between Russia and the United States. Yeah, and I, I don't even think a prescription because I don't I don't know and anybody that's listening correct me, I don't think a regular doctor will cut that prescription. And now that it's legal, I don't think that there's any point for you to get a medical marijuana license unless you're gonna be growing it or anything along those lines. So um I, I Yeah, I, I don't I, I don't I don't know. I have no idea. Okay. So I wanna follow up on what Eli said. How do you see this situation playing out differently if this was LeBron? Uh, Well, there would be a lot more public pressure uh, because LeBron is one of the most well-known figures, not only in the United States, but around the world. And when you have a Ryan, then I'll ask you, I'm I'm going to equate it to this, and it may be a poor analogy, but I'm going to do it anyway. How different would it have been if Deshaun Watson was a left guard for the Cleveland Browns or the Houston Texans instead of a quarterback? Do you think people would be dealing with this topic as much as they are? I mean, the fact that Deshaun Watson is a high-profile quarterback in the National Football League, 
Do we feel that if it had been the backup running back for the Carolina Panthers, anyone would give a damn that that individual is with, uh, you know, uh, over 20, uh, 50, 60, you know, massage therapists, right? Would we care? I mean, it's just the way our world works. It's the way that our society works. So how different would have been? Would have been a lot different. You know what? I, I, with that situation, and I do agree it's a poor analogy because with the temperature in America right now, especially the Me Too movement, people speaking out more, social media, um, you know, with that situation, regardless, and people wouldn't recognize the name. What they would recognize is pro athlete. But you're talking about possible sexual assault. So I, I think it still would have been a decent deal, but it would have been exactly what you said. Who is that person? And then they go to the Internet and they look them up and they find them. So um, I, I think it, it's two separate things. But, uh, you know, Brittany, I, I, it was a bad choice regardless. Check your bag. That's that, that's literally it if that could have been the case. But, hey, uh, your summer league ar argument. You're saying how most of the players that are playing summer league, and don't get me wrong, they're still like the top two, three percent in the world at basketball, and most of them, or a decent amount of them, will end up in the G League. You know, like why would you put your franchise piece or what a team perceives to be their franchise piece out on the floor for the rest of summer league? Uh, they're still practicing. Why, why wouldn't you? Why Why, why would you risk? Why would you risk the injury? It, it, practice is much. Why more have controlled. summer? Why have summer league then? Why have summer league then? Why would the NBA make it into such a big moneymaker? Have all the games on TV? Have the uh, uh, venues sold out? I mean, if that's if that's the attitude that you're going to take, then then why even have summer league? I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. That's the purpose of summer league. I mean, you know, pe do people really want to see, as you point out, G League players play in summer league? Tell you right now, if you had all of a sudden. Starting, let's say, next year, Ryan, let's say that the uh, whatever, let's just say that all lottery picks got together and said, we're not going to play in the summer league. You really think people would be paying that much attention to summer league? I mean, the interest would go downhill in a hurry. No doubt. I, I don't disagree about your theory on summer league, but at the same time, I'm not going to expose a franchise or a possible franchise player to injury with guys that, like you said, you know, you're playing against smaller guys guys that will not be in the league. And it's, Grant, at the end of the day, it's a destination. I mean, you, you can almost equate it to college football players when they decide not to play in a bowl game. No, they, no, 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 yeah, no. The physicality in football and the physicality in basketball are two different things. And I would also say this. If you walked into the Sacramento Kings practice facility, okay, maybe not now because summer league is going on, but if you walked into the practice facility, uh, after summer league's over, all right, the first week, and you had a chance to just hang out for a day, you would see guys playing, for lack of a better term, pick up basketball and scrimmaging, okay? And you would have De'Aaron Fox out there, Davion Mitchell, you would, and they would be going full tilt, okay? What's the difference? What's the difference between playing pick up basketball and playing in summer league basketball? Seriously, what would be the difference? The, the difference is you're playing against NBA pros. So that's completely different. They're going to pick up things from those guys, little tiny things. You're, you're playing against guys and no disrespect, but like we said, G League are probably not in the league for the most part, other than, you know, maybe a couple of 
second, third year players that are trying to get some reps. So I think there's a difference between exposing what you consider your franchise player to those guys versus exposing them to a De'Aaron Fox, exposing them well, to Sabonis. Um, yes and no. I don't disagree with that. But if you're going to get hurt, you're going to get hurt. I also think that it's important that these players, you know, this is their first chance uh, to get an idea of how the game is going to be called. And if you've noticed, you notice how many fouls the rookies, and I'll call them rookies, get in summer league. Do you notice how, if you look at the box score and you see how many fouls that these young players get, because they're now learning how the game is going to be called, because the NBA Summer League is officiated by NBA quality officials. In other words, you know, professional officials. Let me, let me, let me change the term. And they call the game the way the NBA game is going to be called. And that's why there are so many players that get so many fouls in Summer League. They have to learn how the game is going to be called. So I think that's advantageous. Listen, I understand your point, but it to me defeats the purpose of having Summer League. And unfortunately, I don't really think this is an isolated case. I think it's be going, becoming more and more. So we're not even through, Ryan, the first couple of days of Summer League. He's only played two games, and now all of a sudden he's not going to play. And I just wonder how many teams are going to follow suit. So I, I, I don't like it. I mean, I, I just don't. The NBA puts on a huge product in Vegas. They promote the hell out of it. I mean, you go to NBA.com. You go to NBA on Twitter. I mean, they are promoting the hell out of these games. And they're promoting not the teams, Ryan. They always promote individuals, okay? They're prom you go to NBA on Twitter and just look at their summer league promos and look at who they're promoting leading up to the games. What are they going to promote if the top players from the draft don't play? Then what are they going to promote? It, they're not going to promote anything. I mean, let, let's be real, Grant. The ratings for Summer League can't be good. It, this is a destination. It, it's a money grab. It's a way for uh, fans to take a trip, see their team play, see their new rookie. And, you know, that that's kind of, to me, what it is. And also, it's it's a mixing pot of all the executives. Look at all the people that are there. The oh, yeah, yeah, of course it is. And, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no, that, of course it is. Yes, and, and that, of course it is. That that spurs action for the NBA. I mean, look at what happened with Donovan Mitchell today in the comments from the Jazz GM. Yep. Yep. All right. So let so, me ask you, if you're a fan of the Orlando Magic, I'm just going to throw this out. And again, I know it's Vegas. So we, we you and I both understand that Vegas is an amazing attraction and we get all of that Vegas has to offer. But if you're a fan of the Orlando Magic and your team's been horrible, and all of a sudden you get the number one pick in the draft and you and your buddies get together and go, man, let's go to Vegas, have a good time and go watch Paolo play. Let's go to the summer league. And you get out to summer league and maybe you missed the first game. And all of a sudden you realize you've heard that he's not playing the rest of the time. You're going to be disappointed. Are you not? Oh, of course. Uh, it, it's no different than when the stars sit up. And, you know, you it, think about how many times people plan their schedule around seeing LeBron James or seeing Kevin Durant, and it's a, you know, strained hair on their calf, which is why they're not playing that night. And you spend all that money to go out and see. So yeah, you're going to be frustrated, but I think it's going to turn into the new norm, Grant. Well, if it's the new norm, then Summer League's not going to be the real Summer League, because you're going to see attendance drop. Uh, you, if you think that no one's, if you think the ratings are bad now, and again, I don't know what the ratings are, but I would agree with you. I don't think a lot of people are spending uh, their summer 
months in July watching NBA Summer League, but that's going to really hurt the product. So, you know, again, um, if you watch Summer League, uh, most of the uh, time you see the play-by-play announcer and the color man interviewing a general manager, a coach, and what are they talking about? They're talking about the player that they just drafted. Well, if those players aren't playing, what the hell are you going to interview the coach and general manager for? So I get it. I understand. But I just it bothers me that you're shutting a guy down after two games. You can't have him play a couple more games. Shut him down the last week. Shut him down the last two games of summer league. Don't shut him down after two games. That's a part I don't like. And as far as Mitchell goes, it was very interesting. You know, again, we're talking about a team that just traded Rudy Gobert. And now the possibility of. You know, and he said, quote, change is inevitable in the NBA. I'm not trying to be cryptic or anything else, but Donovan is on our roster and he's a very, very important part of what we're trying to do. Things evolve in the NBA, so I couldn't sit here and say anybody is untouchable. We're trying to build a championship team, but there's no intent to trade Mitchell at all. So he leaves the door open. So we're trying to build a championship team. That is the most interesting comment out of that entire quote to me, because if you're Donovan Mitchell, what are you thinking when you hear that? Can I not bring this team a championship? You and I bickered over this. Could Donovan go to the Kings or Jazz going to rebuild? And I, I, I would not know how to feel at this point about Donovan. And let's be real, too. No player in the NBA is untouchable, short of having a non-trade clause where you can decide where you're going to go if the author's right. So I, I get that comment, but building a championship you, team it feels like they're going into Celtics mode and trying to stash picks, and Donovan's going to be on the Well, if that's the case, I mean, if I could get Donovan Mitchell, I'll pick him up at the airport. I think the guy's a special <laughs> talent. I, I, I really do. Uh, but if, I'm, if, if you're looking at Sacramento, I'm not really sure that Sacramento has the pieces to get Mitchell and still improve themselves. All right. I mean, if, if, if the if 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 the Jazz wanted the Aaron Fox as part of the deal, then we're talking. All right. Because right. the Kings would get much better in a hurry, in my opinion. But I, I don't see Utah doing that. Yeah, I think I mean, if if you're Imani, what deal would get that done if you brought him in? Because I think De'Aaron had to be or you'd have to be part of it. And I'm not sure how much Donovan has left on his contract. That would be another big consideration. Uh, he just signed a max deal the uh, year before last. He's got, I believe, I want to say four years left on his deal. So now that they don't have their big man, would you do like a Holmes? I, I would give up our Mitchell and Fox, and then some draft picks. I think that could get it done. I mean, I think Barnes's contract's a little bit too high for them to take on, but I think there's a way to do it and make the team better. Well, I mean, if it was only going to take you Fox and Mitchell, and I say only, I don't mean to uh, discredit their ability, but if I'm the Jazz, I'm looking for more than that. I still don't think De'Aaron Fox is that attractive as a trade piece because he can't shoot very well and he's making a uh, he's on a max deal. I just, you know, I think for a team, you know, remember, De'Aaron Fox is not an all-star. You can say whatever you want. He's not an all-star, and yet he's on an all-star type of a contract. I just don't see that being that attractive to get another all-star in return. Now, people say, well, gee, Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Hield weren't all-stars, and the Kings got an all-star. Yeah, but there are a lot of people that cover basketball in the league that feel that Tyrese Halliburton has that ability and after only two years in a league, has shown that he still has a lot of upside 
and a lot of attributes that people take a flyer on. So that to me is a little different. Whereas De'Aaron Fox has already played five years in the league. I think if, and you're correct for sure, but if you're going into full rebuild, you know, how many times do we talk about teams tanking? And I know you're taking on a max contract for a player, which I agree with you about, that is not a max player, but you throw Holmes in, you give him another big man, and you know, you're you're not you know you're not going to be competitive. So you want to get a higher draft pick. It, you know that going into the season. So I mean, I, I don't think it's out of the realm. I know we're kind of talking in bizarre lengths. I don't think he'll end up here, but I certainly could see it possible. All right, he's got four years left on his deal. The fourth year is a player option. So he's making thirty million. He's his contract is exactly the same as De'Aaron Fox. It's identical to Fox. All right. So there you have it. All right. He's the exact same deal as Fox. The numbers would match up perfectly. Isn't that crazy? You'd think he'd be a little bit higher paid. <laughs> you would think so. But as you well know, it's based on, you know, they're in the same draft class, right? And you are talking about uh, it's based on your rookie deal. So it's how much you were making on your rookie deal and it's extended, blah, blah, blah. That's where we're at with Mitchell. So, um, you know, the guy is, first of all, let, let's, let's, let me ask you, is there anything about Mitchell's game that you don't like? I love his game. I think he's, I, I love his NBA game. I think the guy, I would love to have Donovan Mitchell. I think the guy's a hell of a player. Uh, no, there is nothing I don't like about him. I like his mindset. He's and don't take this the wrong way. Anybody he's quiet off the court. You know, there's no off the court issues. He yep. seems to be a leader on all or by all accounts. And he's got a hell of a body on him for the position that he plays. Um, you yep. know, it reminds me a lot of Dame Lillard. Dame, you know this, Grant, because you've called a number of his games when he was in Sacramento. Or you guys were in Portland. He's got some of the widest shoulders I've ever seen for a point guard. And he is just a great player. And I think Mitchell is exactly the same. And here's something that you kind of underestimate. Mitchell's pretty damn clutch. And the Kings, if I look at the roster, other than Sabonis, I mean, who's our clutch player? Who's making that shot right now at the end of a game? Great question. Uh, that That's a great question. Who's their go-to guy? Um, I would say Sabonis, but other than that, I don't know. Mitchell is clearly, without question, that go-to guy. There's no question. You know, you know, he's that guy on your roster. So it's a very good point. And I, I think Donovan. I mean, you if you matched him up, well, we talked about our Mitchell being traded, but you know, it also seems like there's not really, and I, I can't speak to it. Never been in the Kings locker room, but you know, like it, I also wonder who the leader is of that team. I mean, De'Aaron seems to be trying to take those reins, but, you know, he's not super vocal, at least on the court. That doesn't mean he's not vocal in the locker room. But I, I just don't see a clear-cut leader other than probably Harrison Barnes. Yeah, and Harrison's quiet. Harrison leads by example. Harrison is a phenomenal locker room guy, but you don't see, you know, too much rah-rah from Harrison on the court. He's pretty reserved on the court. Uh, Harrison's one of those leaders – that leads by example. He's the first one there. He's the last one to leave. I mean, you should see Harrison Barnes, his routine after games. I mean, a guy gets, you know, so much treatment. He takes care of his body like you cannot believe. I mean, that, that guy is such a professional. 
that he doesn't even have to talk. If you are, if you have eyes and you see what Harrison Barnes is doing, it can have a tremendous impact on you uh, if you're smart. If you're smart and you see what Harrison Barnes does, you'll follow suit and you'll say, I want to be like Harrison Barnes. The guy, I'm telling you, Ryan, the guy is such a, an amazing, amazing professional. He really is. Yeah, that that's awesome. And I think there is something to leading by example. But, you know, where do you like so Harrison, great example. Where do you value that when you look at, you know, his cap hit every year versus his performance versus, you know, what he does in the background for the other guys, whether it's vocally or by example? Uh, to me, Harrison Barnes is a waste on the Sacramento Kings. He's wasting his career on the Kings. Harrison Barnes is the type of a player that if you fit him in on a really good team, he is going to be extremely valuable to that team. If you take Harrison Barnes and put him on a team like the Milwaukee Bucks, all right, if you put him on a team like the Miami Heat, if you put him on a really good basketball team, he is going to be a perfect fit for that team, regardless of what role you choose for him. To me, he's a guy that does everything well, but nothing great. Okay, I don't look at Harrison Barnes and go, he's great this, he's great there, he's great. I look at Harrison Barnes, he goes, well, he's good there, he's good, 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 good. Every aspect of his game, I think he's good, I don't think he's great. And I think every team in the league would love to have a Harrison Barnes, but I always go, there are certain players I would say this about, you're as good as the people that you play with, to me that's Harrison Barnes. If you put Harrison Barnes on a good basketball team, your team is going to be much better. That's how I look at that. Well, you know what you're going to get. Just what you said. He's consistent. Correct. You know, and yep. you you get, you know, the nights where he'll have 27, 28, you know, and shooting the ball really well behind the arc. So consistency is everything. There's a reason he's been in the league for so long. Yep. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate right, it. You have a good evening. You yep. too. Be Thanks, good. Grant. Bye-bye. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Let's get to uh, Jeff now here on a busy Tuesday on Listen Up. Hey, Jeff. How are you today? Good, Grant. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Oh, I, 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 post, I private messaged you that article on baseball. I found it ironic it came right after our, we were discussing it yesterday. I don't know if you had a chance to look at it, where they said that baseball was the coming, one of the sports that's going to end or something. That I don't know if you got to Well, it's not going to end, but the, the, it's not going to end, but the game needs some uh, big-time overhaul to it because the game is suffering right now, and I don't really think that's debatable. The, the game of baseball is hurting right now. 
it is hurting. Right. So uh, I don't know if you discussed this already today, but I've been watching a lot of the sports shows and stuff yesterday and today. And the big thing is, I guess, no, nobody's really stepping up and trying to trade for Durant. Uh, what's your take on that? Have you made already a take on that? or My take on that is the Nets are at my, – my take on it is, from what I understand, uh, the Nets are asking uh, too much. You know, that's what I think. I think the Nets are – asking for too much i think they're being swayed by the rudy gobert deal i think that they're like thinking geez you know we i just again you look at his age you look at his uh injuries you look at his salary is durant a really good player yeah but i mean is he only going to be good for you for the next two years and then after that i but so i'm not that surprised i'm not that surprised yeah so they were saying especially uh Teams that are into the lottery or they can get, you know, or not, you know, they want to give up their draft choice. They're going to give up like a 19 or 20 year old kid and uh, they got to take on Durant. And basically, they're it's kind of a pretty big gamble because of, you know, everything that they have to give up to get him, you know. Well, you know, again, anytime you make a trade, it's a gamble. I, I, it, Especially if you're going to go after a star. You know, I don't know if you were with me at the beginning of the show, uh, but I did talk a little bit about Brittany Griner today yeah, because of I, LeBron I James' about, comments. I, 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 talked, I heard you a little bit, but then I had to sign for uh, a ranch I'm buying. Okay. Robin. Well, what I said was, I just said, I just, what, what I said was in a nutshell, you know, once again, here's LeBron James, you know, coming out and says, you know, quote, I would be feeling like, do I even want to go back to America? And I said, you know, it's really a shame what an idiot. that nobody – it's just unbelievable. And I, and I said, you know what, how come people don't want to talk about why uh, Griner is being detained? And, I'm, again, I'm not saying she should be thrown in jail and the key flushed down the toilet. But what I am saying is, okay, and, again, I don't know what she carried in her bag or not, but allegedly she carried an illegal substance, an illegal narcotic across the border. If you travel abroad and you're traveling uh, with an illegal substance – then you're stupid, all right? You shouldn't even oh, yeah. ever try to take anything through. That's number one. Then I came down hard on the coach of the Phoenix Mercury and her stupid asinine comment, okay? Her name is Vanessa Nygaard. If it was LeBron, he'd be home, right? It's a statement about the value of women. It's a statement about the value of a black person. It's the statement about the value of a gay person. All of those things. We know it, and so that's what hurts a little more. And so I said, right. you know what? Somebody should take. Miss Nygaard and take her to Washington, D.C. and try to get her into the White House to meet the vice president of the United States. Because the last time I checked and again, you know, maybe things have changed since, uh, you know, uh, I woke up this morning. The last time I checked, the vice president of the United States is black and is female. All right. I know she's not gay because she is married to a man. All right. So I'll leave the gay part out. But what an asinine, stupid comment that is. Once again. You know, you can't deal with the facts. You got to turn it how, in the race. It's how stupid. That, how about that kid who tore the poster down in North Korea? They detained him. You remember that several years ago? And they beat yeah, him. Yeah, of course I do. Barely brain damage. Came home and he died in a coma. Because, because when he went to release him, they beat the crap out of him. You know? I've said this before, Jeff. Jeff, I've said this before. Okay. If you want to travel abroad, you need to go 
and do a little research before you go into a foreign country and just get a little idea of what that country's laws are like. All right, I travel around the world and I, oh, well, first of all, I'm, I'm not patting myself on the back. I've never taken drugs. I'm anti-drug, I don't take drugs. So I would never even worry about that. However, I still wanna familiarize myself on protocols and things that are a no-no when I travel abroad, all right? It's good to educate yourself. And again, I don't know what Brittany Griner had in her bag or not, okay? But if, if she had an illegal substance knowingly and tried to take it across a border, particularly uh -huh. Russia, then she's stupid, okay? What? That is just a stupid move. Grant, 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 it comes down to this entitlement mentality these people all have nowadays. They're entitled. And, you know, they can get away with anything, but you're on the right. Track. Maybe, we're, maybe, we're, maybe we, we can't. You got to be careful. But whoa, whoa, whoa. I agree with what you just said, but you cannot stereotype. This ha may not have anything to do with entitlement. So before we, uh, yeah. you know, put Griner and entitlement. Yeah. I'm just saying in general, all these athletes and I mean, you know, they take gun like Harrison, not Harrison, um, uh, the crazy guy that you that said stuff about you that was on N NBC. What's his Matt name? Barnes? Matt Barnes takes the gun. Oh and, no! And, you yeah, know, that kind of crap. You mean you think. mean you mean Matt Barnes who hits women that's been arrested yeah, for exactly, domestic exactly. violence? That Matt Barnes? Oh, okay. I want to make sure. I want to make sure we have the because there are a lot that, of people that, named Matt that, Barnes. That, that I want to make sure we have the right Matt Barnes. Yeah, the yeah. guy can do all that and still get a job. You know, these guys they don't. Yeah. There's no consequence. If that was me or you, hell, we wouldn't even get the friggin' interview process. You That's know? correct. You know, it's just pathetic. Anyways, I, we have a son, I think I've told you before, former former Iraq veteran, lives in Bahal, Philippines, and I'm always worried about it because he's, he's the type, he's a former Ranger, uh, Ranger Airborne. Right. And he doesn't have the best temper in the world, and he's got... He's like 275, and he's got tattoos of 3%, and he's got tattoos across his chest with his name, or his name, his daughter's name, and his last name on his back. And, you know, he wears yep. tank tops and stuff. And, and, I mean, he stands out like a sore thumb. You know what I'm trying to say? Well, I'll tell you this that, that this is something I do familiarize myself with. Um, when I travel to a foreign country, I don't even come close to getting to an argument with a national meaning if i'm in thailand or wherever i'm at if i'm if i'm in thailand and i do travel to thailand fairly frequently and i'm right. in if i'm if i'm with a thai national okay maybe i'm out at a restaurant maybe i'm at a bar maybe i'm at a whatever right i do not i do not even come close to getting into a disagreement maybe it's about the cost Maybe, right. maybe, maybe they quoted me a price that I, and, and I'll, I, I, I bite my tongue and I mm -hmm. just pay the extra money or whatever, because I understand in that situation, if law enforcement is brought in, in all likelihood, I lose. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I do not. I, and so, so, so th again, this is what I'm talking about. It comes down to common sense. Do oh. not raise red flags when you are traveling abroad. All right, or, especially or, if, you, wait, let me finish. Especially if you're an American, okay? Right? Because you want to stereotype Americans have money. Oh, we can use them for power. 
we can oh, we can detain an American. It's a you know so you know again, yeah. you have to military, be extra careful. Military. Yep. I mean, when yep. I was in Germany, yep. when I lived in Germany, I went into the gas and they were you know this is when Reagan was in there and they were on me about the missiles and and the troops in Germany and I almost got in a tassel, but then I had to just you know think about it and started looking around the room. And it's all German guys. It's just two, maybe two of us Air Force guys. And it wouldn't come out very good, like you were saying. You know, who's going to go down? Who's going to, you know? Common sense. Common sense. You got to use your common sense. Hey, Jeff, you know what, buddy? It's always good hearing from you. I appreciate it. Uh, Have yourself a good evening, okay? You too, Jeff. Take it easy. Take care. Really is. It does boil down to common sense. All right. uh, Let's move on. Jerry, who uh, called me yesterday on his birthday. I hope dinner was good. I hope you had a good birthday, Jerry. Grant, I sure did, my friend. Thank you for uh, thank you for saying that. Grant, um, I have uh, a couple things, Grant. Well, actually, a few things. Uh, first of all, um, you know, first of all, your podcast was really good this morning. Thank you. And uh, the second thing, Grant, was, um, you know, uh, uh, Matt Barnes. You know, don't, you know, most companies have like a policy where they do a background check. I, I don't think one was done with him. What do you think? I, I'm not going to speak for uh, NBC Sports California, so I'm not even going to, you know, speculate on what they did or not do, not do. Um, you know, he's not an employee, to the best of my knowledge, of the Kings. To the best of my knowledge, he's an employee of NBC Sports California. Not that that matters, but, um, you know, again, I'll, I'll let that. Uh, I'll let you make that observation. But then again, Grant, once you think that you have this man, he wants to support your golf tournament. He wants to do things to help out people. And then he's saying that you are a closet racist. Seriously. Well, you know, well, he went on my radio show every week. The last time he played in Sacramento. Okay. Every week we had the Matt Barnes show and we talked about a lot of topics. Uh, He used to come on my show and talk about how much, you know, he wanted to be a role model for his sons. And then really, he wanted to be a role model for his sons. And he puts out on Instagram, drinking Hennessy in the locker room in Philadelphia after the game was postponed with DeMarcus Cousins. Then later in the year, gets in a brawl in a nightclub where he allegedly sucker punched a woman, uh, (laughs) was arrested for that. And, you know, that's the role model he wanted to be for his son. So, you know, to each their own. Uh, but he did ask to play in my golf tournament. Of course, I said yes, absolutely. Uh, paid over $7,000 at the live auction for one of our auction items to help out the numerous uh, at-need, underprivileged students that my foundation put through college. So uh, he helped out in that area. But, you know, again, some people are funny. You know, um, you can come on somebody's radio show and you can come and play in someone's golf tournament, even though they're a closet racist. Hmm, okay. That's good to know. That's good to know. I'll make sure that's in one of my first chapters of the book that I'm going to write. <laughs> you know, Grant, uh, your podcast this morning, Grant, I can listen to you, Grant, for hours because, you know, your stories are so amazing. And I just wish, I mean, you know what, when are you going to have Jerry Reynolds back on your podcast? You know, you guys are awesome, dude. Pretty soon, actually, uh, in August, uh, probably. You know, there's one aspect of the podcast this morning that I left out when I did, when I was on TV for the first time ever national TV at the California bowl in 1983, I could never imagine where my life would take me 
only four years later, okay? Four years after that, I ended up working in California and going to Candlestick Park that night for the 49ers and the Atlanta Falcons game was such a thrill for me. I could not believe it that I was in Candlestick Park. And if somebody had told me that night, being in San Francisco for the first time, being at Candlestick Park for the first time, that one day I would announce a 49ers game, which I did during the preseason. I'll never forget this. I, 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 I don't know why I didn't share this story on my podcast today, but the first time I ever announced a game at Candlestick Park was in the preseason, and I was doing the 49ers Raiders game on TV. And I'll never forget where my parking pass was. And I remember going through the media entrance, and I remember walking across the field, okay, to get to the other side of the stadium. And I'll never forget walking across the field of an empty stadium and looking around and thinking about that night that I was there as a fan. And now to think about that I was going to be calling a game of the 49ers was amazing. I would also tell you that it was amazing for me to have been to so many 49ers. I'll tell you, the 49ers and the Giants, as I'm sure you're well aware of, in the late 80s was as good as any rivalry in football. Right. And right. I took Danny Ainge. I'll never forget this. <laughs> Danny Ainge was playing for the Kings, and Danny and I became pretty good friends. And Danny had never been to an NFL game. And Danny was a big 49ers fan. I'm like, wait a minute, you've never been to an NFL game? He goes, no. I go, all those years playing in Boston with the Celtics, you didn't go to a Patriots game? He goes, yeah, I know. I'm like, okay. I go, listen, I've got two field passes for the 49ers-Giants game, Monday Night Football. He goes, man, I got to go to that. I go, okay. He goes, listen, we got to practice. He goes, as soon as practice is over, let's go. He goes, you going to drive? I said, yeah, I'll drive. So this is incredible. I'm in the car with Danny Ainge driving to the 49ers-Giants game. And Danny and I had the most amazing conversation. Danny was talking about, Danny came from a big family and his brother was a teacher. And we were talking about, Danny, Danny was married and had six children. And Danny was telling me, he goes, you know, people just don't understand that I don't like doing public appearances when, you know, they're going to, and, and he goes like, they would offer me a thousand dollars to do a one hour public appearance. And he said, my brother couldn't understand how I would turn that down. My brother's on a teacher's salary. Back he goes, then, you know, that was a lot of money. Yeah, it was. Absolutely. And people, people, he goes, people criticize me. He goes, people don't understand that there's nothing more valuable to me than being with my family. And he goes, not being with my family, it's not worth the time. He goes, you know, he goes, it's not worth it for me. He goes, I have children that I love and want to be with. And my wife, Michelle, and I'm a family guy. And he said, you know, and we were talking about his brothers and his sisters, and I learned so much about Danny Ainge on that drive that night. But anyway, so we get to the game, and we walk onto the field, and I said, Danny, I probably didn't tell you this, but just so you know, we're not going to the 49ers sideline tonight. We're standing on the Giants' sideline, okay? Wow. You know, wow. he was a big 49ers fan. I said, we're not going to Monday Night Football, and we're going to be standing on the 49ers' sideline. We're standing <laughs> on the Giants' sideline, and I will tell you, John Bon Jovi was sitting, was standing next to us. There were so many celebrities oh, at the game on the field. But uh, the 49ers won that game, and I had to listen to Danny on the way home uh, the, the, the entire ride. But those were some – the Giants 49ers in that era, you know, they had the 
uh, NFC championship game, the Roger Craig fumble, the Matt Barr kick. I was yep. standing underneath mm-hmm. the goalpost when the ball went when the ball went through. Wow. I ran onto the yeah, it was incredible. Uh, one of the best football games I've ever been to was a Monday night game in that era when the 49ers beat the Giants seven to three. And Ronnie Lott and Phil Sims got into it uh, at the end of the game. And I, uh, years later, I had Ronnie Lott on my show. And I said, Ronnie, I said, I, I need to ask you this. I said, I was on the field for the game that you played against the Giants on Monday Night Football when the final score was 7-3. to three. And I said, Ronnie, I know we live in an era of offensive football, but to this day, that was one of the great football games that I've ever seen. And he said, you know what, Grant? He said, it's the top three on my list all time. And I'm thinking, wow, Ronnie Lott's played in Super Bowls, championship games, and he said that's one of the, his favorite games of all time. And we talked about that game. It was so hard to make a first down on that game. Both defenses were so good. And I will tell you something, Jerry, being on the sideline, you have no idea, Jerry, what it's like being on the sideline of an NFL game where you are right there and the, 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 the physicality is like, if you think that you, if you think the NFL is physical by watching it on TV, go stand on the sideline. If you're ever fortunate enough for a Monday night game, which is the biggest game of the week with two great teams like the Giants and the 49ers, the intensity, I'm telling you the intensity on the field of that game. And for Ronnie to, and you know, think about all the great games that Ronnie Lutz played and for him to agree with me, but we, we reminisced about that game, and um, it was a hard game for me because the Giants lost. But right. I'll never forget this. After the game, I walk into the uh, Giants locker room, and Bill Parcells is out in the hallway, and he said something to the effect, I kind of get the feeling we'll see these guys again later in the year, meaning the playoffs. And that was the year that the Giants beat the 49ers in the NFC Championship game on the winning kick by Matt Barr and then went and beat Buffalo at the Super Bowl one week later in Tampa, and that was the Whitney Houston National Anthem. And, you know, our, our uh, uh, right? Our, I mean, it was it was an incredible week. I didn't go to the Super Bowl that year, but right. um, I'll never forget that. But anyway, I got carried away, but I just wanted to throw right. that in there. Uh, so that was the season. If you know what, correct me if I'm wrong, both teams were 10-0 and 0 when they met on that Monday night game, correct? I believe they each had one loss. I could stand okay. corrected. I believe they were both ten and one. Okay. But you're right; it could have been both ten and zero. But I believe, I believe that each team had a loss. But I, I'm, I, I wouldn't put my life on it. But they were both okay. the two best records in football. Yes. Uh, Roger Craig doesn't fumble that ball uh, in the in the uh, playoffs against the Giants. The Niners might win back to back to back. What do you think? I think they would have beat Buffalo. Yes, I do. I think if the 49ers uh, had uh, won that game, yes, I do. Now, understand that Leonard Marshall sacked Joe Montana in that game, and Montana got hurt and Young came in. So I don't know if that would have changed things. But I believe the Niners were – I mean, the Niners were stacked uh, everywhere. But, you know, here's something else that happened in that game that a lot of people forget. Bill Parcells called a fake punt. And the snap went to Gary Reasons. And the Giants made a first down to keep that drive going. That was another key aspect of that game that a lot of people don't talk about. Grant, let me ask you one more thing, Grant, and then I'll let you go. Um, you know, sorry to take up so much time. Uh, Love it. When, 
uh, were you working for uh, the Kings when Jerry Reynolds when he when he fell and uh, yes. I, uh, yes oh boy uh, do we know what uh, what the problem was uh, why he he just uh, painted yeah it was just a he painted over uh, you know dehydration something right. yeah it was just it it wasn't actually what happened to him was not super abnormal based right. on his excitement level and everything else so fortunately obviously he was fine. Yes. All right. Well, Grant, I can't wait until you and Jerry are back on again. So we'll get it. Sir. Yep. I'm going to let you go. Thank you for taking my call, Grant. Thank you, Jerry. Take care. Bye bye. All right. Let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here on. It's been a great show today. Really have enjoyed this show. And we check in with uh, Al. Hello, Al. How are you? Nick, man, I remember those Giants-Niners battles in the 80s, man. They were flat-out wars. In fact, it always yeah, they were. grinds on me, the 7-3 game. And this wasn't two bad offenses. These, these were great, great offenses. offenses that were just yes, they were. set down. I mean, I, I, I go back to the Bloods, Rams, and the Vikings going up to Minnesota in the outdoors and 10-3 you know, or 10-6. What's wrong with that? I mean, not a league – they, they they would rather see 52 to 51. I love a great defensive battle. And the Giants and Niners. That game, yep. that, that game that night was the equivalent of a World Series game with two aces going against one another where you know the final score is going to be one nothing, and you don't know who's going to have the run, where every single pitch could decide the game. That was what that 49ers-Giants game was like that night. I mean, teams were struggling to make first downs. And I'm telling you, being on the field for that game, being on the sideline, I mean, you can't even begin yeah. to uh, – the intensity, I was just like, wow. It was unfreaking believable Yeah. I was watching it on, on Monday Night Football, and I'll tell you, your memory's right, that both teams were 10-0 and 0 the week – two weeks prior. Before the week, the league is ch- – and network's licking their chops. They're going to have two 11-0 teams – and I don't know who upset your team. I think it was a divisional team, but I know who upset the Niners. It was my Rams. Jim Everett led, led the upset. They somehow they and they were a bad team that year. It had all fallen apart, and they beat the they upset the Niners in the league. And then you guys in turn got upset by one of your uh, defense uh, divisional rivals. I forget who it was, but I know I know that the you know my Rams were the ones that upset the upset the Niners. So instead of getting 11-0 and 11-0, which would have been, you know, it was still epic at 10-1 and each, but yeah, that was phenomenal. Huh? And I, I remember the Mark Bavaro game. Mark Bavaro yep. single-handedly, they, a lot in the Niners in the defense did it with everything they had. And, and Mark Bavaro. Yep. Oh, go ahead. Mark Bavaro just single-handedly. It was a war. Mark Bavaro just beasted his way in that game, he was, he was a one-man game. The Giants were trailing 17 nothing at the half, and the Giants scored three yeah. touchdowns in the third quarter to go up 21-17, and Bavaro carried half the team down the field for a crucial first down. And I'll never forget that because oh. the Giants won that game 21-17, and then they were at Washington the following week. And the um, I, I've talked to yeah. Phil Sims about this. You know, the Giants were bold. The Giants had a phenomenal, phenomenal defense. And the Giants would always like to establish their running yeah. game. And on the first play of the game the following week against Washington, yeah. 
The Giants went play action, threw over the middle to the tight end. It wasn't Bavaro, it was their other tight end. And they made a big gain. And I, I, I then said right there, the, the right there after that play, I said the Giants will win the Super Bowl this year. And they won the Super Bowl. And, uh, and I, I, I'll never forget that year. That was that, that Mark Bavaro, 21 17. Uh, but then the Giants, the Giants beat the 49ers in the playoffs that year, 49 to 3, and then beat oh. Washington 17 0 to win their first Super Bowl. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They beat, they beat, and I remember that 49-3 game. Remember how it started out? Jerry Rice is running a skinny post. Yep. The, uh, Montana hits him in stride. There's no Giants. I'm watching this on TV, Nate. There's not a Giant in the picture. He's running free. This is the first couple in the first couple plays of the game. He just outright drops the ball, just drops it on the yep. turf. And, a, and, a, and nobody hit him, and then the Giants recovered, and then Jim Burke knocked Montana, Montana. and yep. sets us along with the rest of the Giants. Yeah. Yep. Incredible. Hey, buddy, uh, just, just for the record, you. you got a good memory. The Giants lost to the Eagles the week before 31 to 13. Good job on your part. And you're right. They were 10 and 1 going into yeah, that 49ers I game. I, yep. Yeah, I, I thought it was a divisional rival and it was a big upset. And I'll just let you go with Brittany Griner and, and this whole thing. There's a show called Locked Up Abroad. Maybe she should go watch it. There's 112 of those episodes. I've watched some of them. Let me tell you something. I have I'm a to. veteran. I was stationed overseas. And I when you're in a in a country or something, you're in Russia, you're in North Korea, like Jeff said, you, you better. And even if you're not breaking the law, you gotta know your the customs. You can know you could offend somebody pretty easy. So I just say, and the families are upset. Why should the US government give her special privilege and she was outright stupid. So I'll just leave you with that. Thanks for taking the call and the Thank great you. memories of uh, Jim Burke, that stretched out 54, man. He put on that Jersey, two sizes, too small. Cause he didn't want those offensive linemen trying to grab 64. Him. Oh, I'm sorry. That's it was okay. stretched out. I couldn't tell. <laughs> you take care. Thanks very much. All right, Nick. All right. By the way, I spent uh, the first part of my podcast uh, talking about what you just talked about uh, with Griner, I spent and I and I even mentioned the show uh, locked up abroad. All right, uh, let's get to uh, some more phone calls with uh, Zakara. What's up, Zakara? How are you today? Thanks very much for calling the show. A hey, two words for you, Paulo Bancaro. <laughs> yeah, well, I did my rant on that today. Great. I mean, this guy Paulo, like. He's my favorite player in the draft, and I'm actually pretty upset at the Magic 
organization for shutting him down. I mean, other than Go Keegan listen Murray. To... <laughs> yeah. Other than Keegan hey, Murray, he's the one player. Oh, well, that's not I had my speaker on. Hey. Hey. Um, other than uh, Keegan go watch Murray, my go, go, go watch my rant today. Go to YouTube and watch my rant today if you don't like that with I Grant did. Napier. Oh, okay. So I did my rant on that. I think it's absurd. I think it's a travesty that the Orlando Magic are taking the number one player in the draft and saying you're done for summer league after two games. I think it's a travesty. And Grant, they shut him down the day before the, uh, he was going to go up against Chet Holmgren, the you know number two pick. And it's like, that's probably when the number one and number two pick play each other. That's arguably the biggest game in summer league, would you say? Yeah, it's a travesty. It's a disgrace. It's an embarrassment for the league. I just, I don't know. I just Thank you. To... Thank you. I, I'm sorry. I cut you off. That's my bad. I do want to thank you for the call. Good job. You're exactly right. It's a travesty. It really is. All right. We are going to wrap it up for today. I want to say thank you. We had a great show today. A lot of phenomenal calls. Uh, tomorrow is an open forum Wednesday. Maybe LeBron James will come out and make another comment about somebody else tomorrow. It's interesting that LeBron James has no problem coming out and talking about Brittany Griner, but doesn't want to come out and talk about the 17-year-old white person, white boy, white young man, 17. I'm not really sure. I think we'll call a 17-year-old a young man. How's that? He doesn't want to come out and talk about a 17-year-old child that was murdered in the parking lot of his high school in Akron, Ohio. Doesn't want to come out and speak on that. But has no problem coming out and speaking about Brittany Griner's detention in Russia. That is a typical, hypocritical LeBron James. All right? Let's not talk about what happened at the I Promise School not that it's LeBron's fault, and nor would I ever even want to go down that. I'm not saying that it's LeBron James' fault that this tragedy happened in the parking lot of his high school, nor am I saying it's LeBron James' job to apprehend the suspects, which, by the way, eight days after this young person was murdered in the parking lot, three people were arrested. By the way, just for the record, African-American, but isn't it interesting that LeBron's picks and chooses what he's going to talk about? What did LeBron James do? He put out a sympathetic tweet the day that the news broke of this person losing their life, talking about praying for the family, but then that's it. Didn't When the family was begging, begging for help to find the alleged suspects. LeBron remained quiet. Mr. Akron, Mr. Ohio, Mr. 50 plus million followers on social media. Let, let's not help out this family. You think LeBron James would have remained quiet if, it, if the victim was black and the alleged assailants were white? Do you think LeBron James would have remained quiet? Or do you think that LeBron James would have led a nationwide protest about what happened in the parking lot of his school that he founded in Akron, Ohio. But LeBron's got no problem 
Let's come out and make a political statement about Brittany Griner. But let's be hush-hush about the murder of a young white person, a young white man who was allegedly murdered by three African-Americans. Yeah, let's remain quiet about that. Hypocrisy, double standards. It's why I have zero, zero, zero respect for LeBron James as a person. I have 100% respect as LeBron James as a basketball player. I think he's phenomenal. I was blessed to call his first ever game. I love watching him play basketball. He's a great basketball player. But for me, that's where it stops. That's where it stops. I have zero respect for him as a person. Our lives begin to end the day we remain silent about things that matter. LeBron remains silent about things that matter when it doesn't fit his narrative. Shame, shame, shame. Mitch Album, after the Deshaun Jackson anti-Semitic comments of two summers ago, right? We cannot be selective with our noise, not against hate. LeBron James is selective with his noise when it comes to hate. Shame on LeBron James. Shame on him. And with that said, I'll wrap up today's show. Have a great evening, everybody. Open Forum Wednesday tomorrow. Take care now. Thanks very much. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.